Welcome to the Living Worship Podcast. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm Pastor Cameron Diamond. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you would just reach out, you know, email me, comment on this video. I'd love to hear what you think, how we could possibly be doing this better. Uh, we are continuing our study in Exodus. Last week we talked about how the Israelites were complaining and grumbling because God wasn't meeting their needs on their time, right? In a way that they understood. They had forgotten. We can tell through their actions. They had forgotten basically everything he had done for them in the last three days and then a month later, right? And so now we're picking up today about three months later. God has provided for them because he loves them, right? And he's brought them to the Sinai Peninsula, to Mount Sinai. And he's told the people, consecrate yourselves and be ready because my glory is going to come down on you. And so he covers the mountain in smoke and fire and there's thunder and you can tell that something supernatural is going on. And God tells Moses, only you and some of the priests may come up the mountain. Um, but everyone else must stay around the mountain and must not even touch it. And so while all this is going on, it's been three months after the Exodus, he gives them the Ten Commandments. Now, out of all the things in the Bible, there's probably just a few things that are most famous, right? We think about Adam and Eve, we think about the flood, we think about the Ten Commandments, and we think about Jesus. Anything else kind of falls away if you're not familiar with the church. But the Ten Commandments is one thing that's kind of been a staple, at least in American culture, since our country was founded. right? And so this is really important. You might be somewhat familiar with them, but follow along as we read. We're in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. It says, Then God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above, or on the earth below, or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow and worship to them, and do not serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to the thousandth generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all of your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock, or to the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days, and then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Okay, so uh, that's a lot. And if you're not actually following along in the Bible, maybe that gets a little jumbled up. Um, so I've come up with some easier ways to say a couple of these so that we have a proper understanding of what God is commanding his people and by extension uh, to us believers because the Ten Commandments are God's moral laws that he expects all of humanity to keep. All right, 
He also has ceremonial laws and civil laws um, given to us all throughout the rest of the Bible, especially in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, but we'll get to that another time. These are his moral laws. They are unchanging. He still expects us to follow these. And so number one is no other God besides God, right? He is the only one, the creator of the universe, in charge of all of it. Um, he's the God, right? So there is no other God. That's command number one. Number two, don't make or worship an idol. Don't make a pretend God and spend all your time with that God instead of paying attention to the God of the universe, right? All your time, attention, your money, your priorities should always have a God-first perspective. There's a popular movement out there called I Am Second. It's exactly like that. Your priority must be God first and me second. Right? So do not make or worship idols. Now an idol could be a little statue you keep on your bookshelf, like a, what you would think of an idol. It could be a video game. It could be a book series, a movie series. It could be a club that you enjoy. Anything that comes before God is an idol. And then number three, uphold God's name and reputation. So the verse says, don't take God's name in vain, but it's really extended beyond that, right? Because we can take a God's name in vain by our actions, by the way we conduct ourselves. If we say that I am a Christian, but yet you are going against God's will blatantly on purpose, uh, what are you doing to an unbeliever's um, thoughts about who God is and how he interacts with people. They're not going to want anything to do with him. You are taking God's name in vain. You are ruining his reputation for those who need to find him as he is, right? And so it's more than just the words that we speak. It's our actions too. So uphold God's name and reputation. Number four, set apart a day to honor God. So for the Israelites, they were to honor God in a reflection of how he conducted the creation of the world, right? He worked for six days, and then he rested on the seventh day. But as believers, as Christians, who um, instead of the Sabbath day, we worship on Sunday, which is the first day of the week. Why do we do that? Well, because of Jesus. Jesus changed everything. So instead of celebrating God's creation and honoring him in that way, we celebrate Jesus's uh, death, burial, and resurrection on Easter Sunday. And we do that every week. So the first day of the week, Sunday morning, we're at church. We're worshiping God and honoring him for what he has done for us, not just through creation, but through salvation from our sins. So set apart a day to honor God. Give it to him. Number five, honor your parents with respect. Now, this is the only command that actually comes with a promise. You see, God expects us to treat our elders with honor and with respect, our parents especially. And so he says, if you will do this, you will live long. I will look out for you and protect you. And then number six, it says, do not murder. Now, some people will see this commandment and say, oh, well, I guess that means we can't conduct war. I can't defend myself. That's really not the way that this is meant. In fact, in the very next two and three chapters of Exodus, God gives us commands for um, what he means by do not murder. So the word here is actually do not murder someone premeditated or out of explosive anger. Okay, He's saying do not go out of your way 
to kill someone, to take their life. Don't plan it. Don't react in anger in that way. But now if someone comes into your home and tries to steal your things and um, be malicious towards your family, you have every right to defend, especially if it's at nighttime. Right? And so he gives very specific ways in which it is appropriate to use lethal force and which it is not. And as Christians, we have to really think about um, these different details and when it's okay to maybe defend yourself with lethal force and when it would not be okay. These are thoughts worth thinking out. Right? Our faith is not born out of ignorance. It's actually born out of wisdom and out of knowledge. Right? And so this video is, is not about that specifically, but I encourage you, look into it, think about it, pray about it. See what the rest of the Bible has to say about this commandment. Number six, do not murder. All right, number seven, do not cheat on your spouse, right? Do not commit adultery. So he's saying don't cheat on your spouse, whether it's the spouse you have now, or if you're young and you're not married yet, the spouse that he will give you in the future, right? Don't dishonor them with your actions, either with a physical person or by anything that you allow yourself to see with your eyes or um, anything, right? You know what I'm talking about. Do not cheat on your spouse, present or future. Number eight, do not steal. There you go. Oops. Do not steal. Don't take from people. That includes pirating things off the internet. You are stealing when you do that. So don't do it. Definitely falls in here, right? Number nine, do not lie about or slander other people. Uh, in some translations, it says, do not bear false witness. But it doesn't just apply to legal court cases. Everything that comes out of your mouth must be honest, must be truthful, and you must not use your words to hurt people, right? And then number 10, it talks about coveting. And it's not really a word that's in our common vernacular, but uh, we need to be controlling our desires for sin, right? So when we look and we see something someone else has and something that maybe we can't obtain and we want it with all of our hearts, well, it's, it's a heart issue. And it's just like the first commandment and the second. What are you worshiping? Are you worshiping yourself? Are you thinking all the time about the things that you just don't have, that I have to have this, I can't believe he has it, and I don't have it, and I really want it? And it's a total distraction and a waste of your life away from the things that are actually important. So at the core of the Tenth Commandment is self-control. Control your desires for sin by repenting, by accountability with older, more mature believers who can help you through it, who can help you sort through your priorities and get them straight. So here's a couple cool things. As we look at these commandments, we see that the first four are about your relationship with God. Five through ten are about your relationship with other people. The first commandment and the ten commandment are about our inner desires. Do not desire another God. Do not desire things that you don't have. Your life should be about God first and everything else second, right? And then two through nine are about our actions that actually come from our sinful hearts. If you're committing a sin against commandments two through nine, you've already sinned in your heart and mind. 
So get this, Matthew 15, verse 19, this is coming from Jesus. It says, For from the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, and slander. So sin always begins with a thought, with a desire, right? The temptations we have in life are born out of the desires that we already have. And the very fact that we are desiring it, that we want it, that's sinful. We've already sinned by the time we get tempted. No, the temptation is not a sin, but we've already wanted it in our hearts. And we have to have it. And Satan's just like, all right, dang it in front of you. Here you go. Come and get it. And that's when we, our inner sin in our heart comes out. That's when we have the murders and the cheating and the sexual immorality and the thefts and, and the lies and the slander. Right? It's all about our hearts. Listen to this story also with Jesus. Just a couple of chapters later, Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, it says, When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So sometimes, and hopefully you've heard this before, but sometimes these two commands are called the two tables of the law. And the Pharisees were trying to trick Jesus. They wanted to catch him in some kind of heresy, and that way they could lock him up and he wouldn't be a problem anymore. But what does Jesus do? Jesus knew the scripture even better than they. And he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, and Leviticus 19, verse 18. And he says, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The Ten Commandments and all the law and all the prophets, the entire whole Old Testament, depends on those two things. Those are the commands we ought to be following. So, how often have you messed up against God's moral law, the Ten Commandments? Have you ever messed up? I can guarantee that you have. You probably do it every day. I know I do. There's always something going on in my heart, in my mind, or outward in my life. That I can point to and like, yeah, I don't have it all together. I messed up against God's law. And really, that's the brokenness of our lives that we've got to be paying attention to and understanding. God did not design you. He did not want you. His will for your life is not to live that way. So what's the purpose of the law then? Well, God's laws don't save us. Being a good person does not get you to heaven, ever. Yes, God gave us the laws, but he gave us the laws to show us that we can't live up to those expectations. It's impossible. Salvation and a fix for your brokenness only comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ, period. You see, the law reveals God's righteousness and it demands it from us, but it can't give us righteousness. James tells us that the law is like a mirror. And as we look into it, it reveals our evil nature. And Jesus' blood cleanses us. So only Jesus can give us the righteousness. God doesn't give the Holy Spirit. He doesn't give tickets to heaven 
to just good people. He only gives salvation to those who trust Christ with their life, turning their entire life over to him to be transformed through grace. And so what we need as dead sinners is life, but the law can't give us that. The law is how God shows us how broken we are, and it humbles us enough that we submit to him. It's not that we just make a one-time decision and say, all right, Jesus, I believe you. Here's my life. It's got to be a daily thing. But Jesus actually says, die to yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Your whole life will turn completely around when you give it to Jesus. And if that doesn't happen, I don't think you gave your life to Jesus. You actually have to follow him. You actually have to be repaired. Your brokenness will go away through sanctification as you cry out for mercy and cry out for grace. And as you turn your whole life towards him. The Israelites... They received these Ten Commandments and they did the best they could, most of them, to follow this law. But it wasn't enough. It proved how broken they were. And God says over and over again, here's my mercy. Here's my grace. Here's my love. The Messiah is coming. Believe that he is coming. And these are just symbols to show you who he is going to be. What he's going to do for you. Because I love you. And their faith had to be in the Messiah to come. Fortunately for us, our faith is in the Messiah who has come, who has been here, who fulfilled all of the law and the prophets for us so that we can be repaired through the works of the Holy Spirit and so we can give our lives to him and become the people that he has designed us to be, to fulfill the purpose that he designed us to live. So where do you fall? Have you trusted God with your life yet? Or are you just working so hard to get your heaven on your, on your own merits? Think about it. I'm going to challenge you this week to uh, really take it seriously. And dig inside and ask, Have I actually given my life to Christ? Or am I just going through the motions? Or am I just trying to work my way there? If you like these videos, if you're enjoying these messages from week to week, I encourage you to like, share, and subscribe. Um, hit that notification bell so that you um, are aware of when my videos go live, and I'll see you next week praying for you.